Welcome to Unknown Christian Soldiers, Episode 7. Uh, let's go ahead and start off with a prayer. Father God, I pray your blessing on this podcast. I pray that you will help guide us through this. I hope and pray that you will help get the right words out, to get the right meanings out that people need to hear. I hope and pray that the message you want conveyed will be conveyed here today. Amen. <clears throat> well, let's start off with some news. Uh, we're going to do, do some news, a couple of unknown Christian soldier profiles, and then uh, we're going to finish up that study in Proverbs. It's going to be very quick, so I do apologize for that, but it's something we got to move through. But I'm just going to say it, abortion. I'm going to tell you flat out, abortion is murder. I don't know how else to put it, how else to say it. Uh, there, there's no other way for me to, to state that other than abortion is, in fact, murder. Um, New York, of course, passing that bill that says the child can be killed all up to right before the moment it's born, uh, which is, I can't fathom someone who would actually think that that's okay. I can't fathom someone that thinks abortion is okay. In general, I know I'm going to offend some people and I'll probably lose some listeners and and that's okay. You know, I don't condemn someone, but the truth has to be spoken. The truth has to be told. We can't sit around here pretending something is okay when it's not. Um, a lot of it, a lot of times people try to use words and verbiage and labeling of certain certain verbiages to change the narrative, to lessen the sting, so to speak. So, for example, zygote, fetus, you know, it's, it's, it's not a baby, it's, it's a fetus, it's, it's undeveloped, it's not a human, well, go out there and do the research. You're going to find that by the time a woman even knows she's pregnant, that child already has a heartbeat. By the time a woman even knows she's pregnant, gets a chance to go see a doctor, make an appointment, anything, you would not believe how well-formed that baby is. And yes, that baby, not the fetus, not the zygote, not whatever thing it is you want to call it, it's a child. It's a baby. All right. Uh, all right. Dr. Omar Hamada made this statement. I want to clear something up so that there's absolutely no doubt. I'm a board certified OBGYN who has delivered more than 2,500 babies. There's not a single fetal or, mater or maternal condition that requires third trimester abortion, not one. Delivery, yes. Abortion, no. Again, they will try to use the narrative that they're terminating the pre pregnancy. Well, every pregnancy terminates, and every woman wants that. By about nine months into it, I have a lot of kids, so I can tell you right now. At, at the nine-month mark, that woman is ready to terminate that pregnancy. She's ready to give birth. That's the end of the, the pregnancy. What they're talking about is terminating life terminating the life of an unborn child. You are literally paying someone to kill your child for you. And I encourage you to go online and look for some of these videos 
where these former abortion doctors talk about what they actually did in these abortion rooms. Listen to the videos. There's one where there's a doctor actually testifying uh, before a, a subcommittee, I believe. And uh, it's, it's pretty brutal. He talked about what he did during abortions. And he talked about what happened in his life that changed him, that stopped him from doing anymore. Um, again, he's he doesn't state anything about him being religious reasons or anything else. He just he literally came to the realization about just how brutal it really is. Talking about how he would rip babies' body parts piece by piece out of a mother's womb and then take inventory to make sure he got. He said when he saw the when he'd get up there and try to grab the skull, he when he saw the liquid run out, a certain color liquid, he would know that the brain was killed. You know there was. It was absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. And uh, partial birth abortion, even worse. I, I, I know this is... I get it. I know this is hard to listen to. And I know this is hard to talk about. And there may be some of you out there that have had an abortion or drove someone to the clinic or maybe pushed someone to get one. There's still forgiveness and there's still redemption. Don't feel like there's no coming back from that. But understand that is the shedding of innocent blood. After what happened in New York, where they passed again the law where they can do abortions all the way up to right before they give birth. And they applauded and they cheered over it. And then Andrew Cuomo says pro-lifers are not welcome in the state of New York. The New York governor. I don't even know what to say. We are about to be judged. If this is literally where we are at as a nation, as a people, that they would applaud us murdering the innocent We are about to be judged in ways I, I can't even comprehend. I can't imagine how much worse it'll get if these aren't the last days. If these are not the last days and it's going to get worse here on this earth, I can't even imagine how bad it's going to be if, if this is an acceptable standard. An acceptable standard to pay someone to murder your own son and your own daughter and have people applaud because they think it's a great thing. I I can't even I can't even put into words what I think. I don't know how to articulate the thoughts and feelings I'm having on this. It's it's crazy. I can't even imagine a world where this would be okay. Now on social media if I make a comment about something like this, there's people that will literally laugh at my comments about how this is not okay and this is this is killing a child and I can't imagine someone wanting to do this and and they'll laugh and make jokes about those comments. Literally mocking people who believe in the sanctity of innocent life. I also had someone tell me one time, you know, well, if if abortion isn't okay then 
then ever taking someone's life can't be okay there if you know and that's what I said you're wrong don't get me wrong I'm I believe in being able to defend yourself or someone else I believe in that um, however there's a difference between someone who is innocent, a child who is in its mother's womb, who is the most innocent it will ever be in its entire life. It knows nothing but the warmth of its mother around it. It knows nothing but the sound of her sweet heartbeat. It knows nothing but learning to explore its space by stretching out and doing little somersaults and kicks. I mean, that's its world. It knows nothing but the space it's in and the beat of its mother's heart. As it gets older, inside of her, it, It'll hear her voice, respond to her touch. I mean, how much more innocent do you get than that? Versus someone who made a conscious decision to commit evil. Someone who made a conscious decision to go out and rape a woman one night and she decided to defend herself. Some evil, vile individual who made the conscious adult decision to go out and commit evil atrocities. There's a huge difference between those two. And if you can't see that, then again, that's another part of what's wrong with our society. But right now, again, they applauded at this new abortion bill. The Bible tells us that which is good will be evil. Pro-lifers not welcome in New York. That which is evil will be good in the eyes of the non-believers in these days. I, I'm at a loss for words. God help us here. All right, so let's talk about some events that are going on right now in China as far as uh, towards Christians. And I, some of you are going to recognize this as some bits from some different YouTube videos, but I thought it might be important to get this out there and let you really hear this and what's going on. So here we go. Mr. Yang, has China declared war on Christianity? Yes. Fang Gong Wang, a leading expert on religion in China, says what started several years ago as a small government campaign against unregistered churches has turned into all-out war. The campaign was first experimented in Zhejiang province in 2014 to 2016. Now it has become a nationwide campaign. A campaign where authorities routinely target houses of worship, destroy crosses, burn Bibles, and arrest pastors. One of the headlines is China arrests Christians in systematic and escalating crackdown. Whole world needs to pay attention, says Christian leader. And that was actually in Newsweek. Another article states Chinese Christians face intensifying persecution. On December 9th, authorities in the city of Chengdu arrested prominent Christian pastor Wang Yi along with his wife and 100 members of Early Rain Covenant Church. Authorities shut down the church and charged Pastor Wang with inciting subversion of state power. He and his wife could face up to 15 years in prison if convicted. Well, Chinese authorities... All right, so again, what's going on in China, some of the media outlets are touching on it a little bit, but again, for most of them, 
It's not in the mainstream media. It's not out there. So this is something you need to get out there and do your research on. These are hardcore Christian soldiers out there who are being persecuted, being arrested. China, China's out there trying to do everything they can. I know outwardly they're saying they're not, but their actions are speaking louder than words. They're doing everything they can to show by their actions that they are not going to stand for Christianity. And these are some hardcore Christian soldiers out there who are in the fight right now with the government of China to make sure that they can maintain their freedom of worship and their freedom of religion, which is which is really never existent. The Chinese government tried to make it seem like they had it, but I guess it was really never existent for them. And so, you know, they need to be in your prayers. They need to be in, in, in your thoughts. Get them on your church prayer list. You know, get them in your personal prayers because these churches, these pastors, these Christians over there, they're facing some intense persecution. I want to give an example of Christians who are out there in the fight every day prayer warriors them coming together remember it Christ said where two or more are gathered in my name or some translations say where two or three are gathered in my name you know I'm in the midst of them let's talk about some amazing things that have happened okay let's look at Brazil okay back in 2013 there was an article in July 2013 on NPR on their website. You know, Brazil's evangelicals, a growing force in prayer and politics. Back then, the Christians in Brazil, the Christianity was starting to grow. The Christians were starting to come together and they were starting to pray. And they were starting to try and change and heal their nation. Uh, a little bit later, January 2018, an article on theatlantic.com the rise of the Brazilian evangelicals okay um, again gaining traction gaining in the healing of their land gaining and trying to pull the right leaders in there uh, you know this is this is another example of how this prayer this coming together of Christians and then overcoming adversity and challenges actually truly brought change and they truly had repentance and they truly came in as, as a collective and they truly were together. They truly made change. Okay. October of 2018, how evangelical Christians help elect Brazil's new president. And of course, <clears throat> there's a lot of websites that will say this, but I'll go off godtv.com and their article about it. Brazil's new president is a Bible-believing Christian and friend of Israel. Um, Jair, I'm, I'm going to totally butcher this name, uh, Bolsonaro, uh, he's been elected president of Brazil, and he is a devout Christian, and he is a friend of Israel, and this is a major turnaround uh, overall in the country of Brazil. Okay, His victory was deemed unlikely, and he would not be the next president. And again, the evangelical, the Christians came together. Um, they, they grew in numbers. They spread God's word. And they came together in prayer. And they came together and they, they brought a leader in for them, for the country that actually is a Bible-believing Christian uh, that's going to make some good changes there. And again, so this is one of those moments I wanted to highlight. You know, these are 
some not talked about Christian soldiers out there that are making a difference in their country. They're going out there, and I know a lot of times I just talk about the negative stuff, but this is this is true and real and powerful here. These are people that never probably would have thought they would have seen this happen. And, and look what happened. They came together. They were strong in the fight. They didn't give up. They, they prayed. God healed their land and brought forth a leader among them that could actually go out there and service the needs of the Christians to actually bring forth, hopefully, a government here and a change that will will be much more godly for that country. And I just I think it's an awesome thing, and I, I just I really, really hope we see that all over the world, you know. And this isn't something that's really talked about in the mainstream media, but you get a few articles here and there, but it's not something that's really on the, on the front burner a lot of places. So, um, again, I just, I just wanted to highlight these unknown Christian soldiers out there and what they've been doing and, and how... The hard work and the dedication um, that they went through uh, trying to get this leader elected all started. It paid off, but it all started back with prayer. It all started back with them coming to God. It all started back with this, and and God worked through them and with them to make changes in their country. And any country can do that too. You know, any any people can do that too. So um, remember, remember this example. Remember this example of something that can be obtained when Christians quit quarreling among each other and come together for a unified goal. God will see that. God will bless that. And God can take action through that. Amen. All right. So today I want to go ahead and finish up our Proverbs uh, chapter 11 study. It's, it's going to be really quick to get through it. Uh, I hate to move through it so quick, but I got some other materials I want to start covering, some other things I want to get into, and, and I want to finish this up. So, um, it also came to my attention that uh, someone may not exactly know why we're going through Proverbs or why. Why do we look at Proverbs? You know, what's what's the the reasoning behind it? Why is Proverbs in the Bible? You know, it doesn't specifically tell stories of things that have happened. Uh, or things that are going to happen, you know, it's, it's not a book of the Bible like that, you know, but Proverbs, uh, is important information about how to live your life a lot of times. And so, in fact, I'll read you the introduction my Bible has for Proverbs is Proverbs is a collection of wise sayings and good advice for daily living. The book begins by reminding us that the fear of the Lord is in the beginning of knowledge. That's in the, uh, is the beginning of knowledge. That's in the first chapter there in Proverbs. Uh, the first four chapters go on to discuss the importance of wisdom. Following this, the author includes a collection of short and powerful two-line sayings that cover many different subjects, including marriage, social behavior, friendship, justice, folly, poverty, wealth, family, love, laziness, and warnings against drinking and adultery. Many of these proverbs came from King Solomon. Others were copied by the men of Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Agur and Lemuel wrote the last two chapters. I probably butchered those names right there. Of course, uh, Solomon was known for being incredibly wealthy and incredibly wise. Um, but, so this is one of the ones that he is believed to have written. Again, we're back in Proverbs 11 here. Uh, we got through, I believe it was uh, verse 9 last time. And we're going to cover the rest of this. So, we have uh, verse 10 through verse 31. So, we got a lot going on here today. Uh, and I'm going to get through as quick as I can, but still try and cover the material as best as I can. So, uh, verse 10, when the righteous prosper, the city rejoices, 
when the wicked perish, there are shouts of joy. Now this particular voice or verse, it literally says literal, when you look up the, the words, the verbiage, it's literal shouts of joy coming from people's mouths uh, when the wicked perish. So through the blessing and the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is destroyed. A man who lacks judgment derides his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his tongue. Uh, now in this particular verse, um, literally you know holding his tongue is to not speak obviously right there you know uh but neighbor refers to anybody it's not just the person it's not like in today's vernacular where my neighbor is the person living next to me neighbor literally means anybody that you're associated with so anytime you hear neighbor uh throughout the bible it it's typically means anybody that you're associated or um someone that is an acquaintance of yours or someone that you know you know that that is your neighbor at that point so anytime you hear that that's where that comes from okay a gossip betrays a confidence but a trustworthy man keeps a secret uh, for lack of guidance a nation falls but many advisors make victory sure he who puts up security for another will surely suffer but whoever refuses to strike hands and pledge is safe this is a verse i want to stop and kind of look at right here he who puts up security for another will surely suffer. You're trying to defend someone else. You're trying to uh, provide security, whether it be literal or um, figuratively speaking, for, for someone or something. Uh, you know, if you, but if you refuse to strike hands in that pledge, you're safe. You know, you're, you're putting yourself in a bad position. It's just warning you against not putting yourself in those bad positions. You know, it's like you're saying, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do this for you. I'll do that for you. You're putting yourself in that position or you're over something that maybe you don't want to be or you shouldn't be, et cetera, you know, but if you refuse to make that pledge for that person uh, in those situations, then you're safe. Now, this isn't to say don't help your neighbor, your neighbor, your neighbor, somebody, friend, family, neighbor needs some help for something. You know, that's that's a little bit different what this is talking about. When this is talking about striking hands and pledge, you know, that's talking about an actual true deep commitment right there. You know, that's like saying, yes, I'll watch over your flock, you know, you've just committed yourself to that for an extended period of time not you know hey i'll yeah i'll come over and make sure your doors are locked tonight you know i'll i'll come over and feed your dog or whatever that was not talking about something like that you know when your neighbor's on vacation you go feed their you know but it's talking about something that's that's truly deep something that's truly uh more long-standing more committed than that you know make sure you're ready to make that kind of commitment or you're going to suffer okay a kind-hearted woman gains respect but ruthless men gain only wealth again talking about your heart when we talked about righteousness before being righteous being upright this talks about your heart you know where's your heart at a kind-hearted woman gains respect and that's very very true a kind man the next verse 17 benefits himself but a cruel man brings trouble on himself so a kind man also a kind-hearted woman gains respect a kind man benefits himself but again the cruel the ruthless of verse 16 and the cruel of verse 17 um, Again, they don't have those gains. They don't gain respect, okay? They don't benefit themselves. The wicked man earns deceptive wages. But he who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward. Again, going back to righteousness, he who is upright, he who is just, he who does the right thing reaps those rewards. A truly righteous man attains life, but he who pursues evil goes to his death. The Lord detests, verse 20, the Lord detests men of perverse heart, but he who delights in those ways are blameless. Okay? 
Now, again, we talked about in verse 1 back here, uh, the Lord... Uh, the Lord's delight is honest scales or honest weight. A just weight is his delight. Okay. Uh, again, going over here, the, how the Lord, well, also in verse 1 said, he detests dishonest scales. Uh, right here in verse 20, he detests men of a perverse heart. Now, whenever we uh, go into the Stroms and we actually look at uh, what this verse is specifically specifically. Uh, referring to as far as perverse heart well you have to forgive me it's not working now but uh, perverse heart can actually refer to a lot of different things uh, perverse heart can actually refer to uh, you know, can have sexually immoral things a lot of different things but in general the general definition we look at as perverse heart is this things that are against God that's the best way to view it because there's a lot of different things that can be listed there there's a lot of different things in the definition that can be referring to um, my, my strongs isn't working right now uh, here online uh, however, you know, just as a generality here, you want to say that uh, it's just anything that really is against God's will is, is kind of what we're looking at in that particular verse right there. All right. So 21, be sure of this. The wicked will not go unpunished, but those who are righteous will go free. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. That's not here, but remember that. Okay. Uh, now, governments... Um, you know, different uh, courts, things of those nature have are ordained by God to allow for punishment. We as individuals are not to go be vigilantes. Now, that's not to say we as individuals aren't to protect and defend, etc. But we're not to go out seeking revenge. Okay? That vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Alright? Verse 22, like a gold ring in a pig snout, a beautiful woman who shows, is a beautiful woman who shows no discretion. Again, Talking about beauty, a woman who's beautiful. A gold ring is beautiful, but a gold, but a woman who has no discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. Yeah, it looks pretty, but there's nothing else there. Is the, is the best way I can put it. Yeah, there's looks there, but there's absolutely nothing else of value there. All right, remember back when this is written, they didn't even eat pigs. Um, the Jews did not participate in that. You know, that's an unclean animal. You know, so uh, there's of little value other than the gold ring itself. So other than her beauty, she's of really no value if she shows no discretion. Verse 23, the desire of the righteous ends only in good, but the hope of the wicked only in wrath. Remember, we talked about wrath before, okay? One man gives freely, it gains even more. Another withholds unduly to and but comes to poverty. Now, again, not to top, preach prosperity gospel here, okay? But one man gives freely, it gains even more. Um, you ever hear that saying, I can I can do more with 90 if I give God 10 than if I have 100%. That's kind of the way I look at this. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if you give freely and God chooses to bless you because of that, then God will bless you. Don't ever give simply because God's, you think God's going to bless you. You know, don't say, oh, God, I better give this so God will bless me. That's, that's not what we give. We give because it's the right thing to do. It's taking care of somebody. That's the reason why we give. All right. So don't don't misstrew that. Don't misconstrue that verse right there. Okay. Uh, look at it as as a way of saying that if you give freely, you can be blessed. Not necessarily monetarily. You may give freely and you may be blessed in other ways. Okay. You may gain even more in some other way. Okay. Uh, but again, uh, another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Okay. Uh, verse 25, a generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. 
again, that's referring to a generous man will prosper. Now, prosper may refer financially, it may not. You know, you may prosper in God. God may bless you in some other way. You know, maybe, maybe there's some other part of your life that's lacking that you need that blessing and you need that prosperity in. God can give you that prosperity, give you that blessing in that particular part of your life. Okay, people curse the man who hoards grain, but blessing crowns him who is willing to sell. Again, going back to being generous there. Okay, there's nothing wrong with storing up something until it gets to the point of being uh, excessive or if you're doing it for the wrong reasons. If you're storing it up because it's like Dave Ramsey would talk about sometimes is having that safe amount of money sitting there, you know, having an amount of money set aside for emergencies or for certain things or you're saving money for a specific thing, you know, et cetera. Or maybe you've, you've got something put aside uh, for someone else or something specifically that's understandable. Uh, but if you have something and it's to the point where, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm treading on dangerous waters here. I don't want to get too deep into this. Because God has specific plans for different people. So don't take this the wrong way. Maybe God's plan for you is to have a lot of wealth. All right? Maybe you know God's plan for me so far in my life hasn't meant for me to have a lot of wealth. And that's okay. I don't need a lot of wealth. God has blessed me with more than enough that I need. He's, he's blessed me with a roof over my head. He's, he's blessed me with, with more children than I deserve. He's blessed me with a great wife. He's, he's blessed me with a good job. He's blessed me with a lot of things. You know, God has given me those blessings. So look at your life in that perspective as well okay um the blessings itself again in this particular situation it's referring to grain people curse the man who hoards grain but blessing crowns him who is willing to sell okay um i really don't have anything to hoard there's nothing in my life that i could hoard that i couldn't give out you know um i have more than what i need but I don't have an overabundance. But if you are one of those people that are blessed to have an overabundance of something and you literally have food just sitting there doing nothing that you're probably gonna end up throwing away, or you have things stored away somewhere that you're just you're just not don't know what to do with, you know, don't hesitate to give those away or sell them cheaply to someone that might could use it. You know, I've seen lots of people who have post stuff online for dirt cheap, and I'm thinking, man, they could get way more than that, you know, but you gotta think. That might not be their objective. Maybe their objective is just to, you know, cover a little bit of their expenses and get it to someone who might need it. Or maybe they're giving away. You see stuff on Craigslist or other places where it's free. They're giving stuff away for free, and it's some really good items sometimes. Um, just because they want to give it to someone who might could use it. You know, someone who, who might need it, and they don't need the money off of it. They don't need to benefit that much from it. You know, so don't hesitate to be generous when the time comes, if you're able to. Okay, again, this is talking about uh, the man who hoards grain, the man who has lots of it. It's not saying the guy who doesn't have anything. This is talking about the guy who has more than enough, more than abundance, and doesn't even know what to do with it. Uh, he who seeks good finds goodwill but evil comes to him and searches for it. We all know that guy goes looking for a fight and what happens, he finds it. You go looking for a fight, you're gonna find one. All right, same thing here. The guy goes looking for evil, he's gonna find it. Guy goes looking to rob a bank and find some people to help rob him with it. He knows where to go, he knows the bad parts of town, the bad people to go contact, but he who goes looking for good is gonna find it, okay? Be that person that searches for good. If you go searching for sin, you're going to find it. Sin's going to find you if you go looking for it. All right, if you go searching for righteousness, go searching for righteous people, you're going to find that as well. 
Verse 28, whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. I think that kind of speaks for itself. 29, he who brings trouble on his family will inherit only wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise. Right? He who brings trouble on his family will inherit only the wind. Um, this can be kind of translated in a couple different words or looked at in a couple different ways here. Uh, some, you know, obviously you can cause problems for your family and cause them to be distant. Okay, if you bring uh, trouble on your family, they become distant. You, they cut you out of their will, so to speak, in a metaphorical speaking here, or maybe even literal speaking here. Or you bring trouble on their family, it causes financial grief and stress, etc., whatever it is, and there's nothing for them to give you. They, they've spent their whole life dealing with the problems and issues you've caused. They have nothing left to give. Okay, you can kind of look at that in a couple different ways there. And the fool be servant to the wise. I think that's kind of speaks for itself. Verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He who wins souls is righteous. We talk about the fruit of the spirit. Okay, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. It's life. Okay, and he who wins souls is wise. That is one of the greatest things we can accomplish. You know, the beginning of knowledge is the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Okay, knowing what we're here for, knowing what our purpose is. He who wins souls is wise. We don't save anybody, God does. But our job is to spread the word to spread the gospel, to go out there and win souls for Christ, to bring those people to the word, to bring the word to them, and let God and the Holy Spirit do the work from there. That is our only job. We don't save anybody, okay? But we can win those souls by bringing the word to them and bringing them to the word. He who wins souls is wise. If the righteous receive their due on earth, how much more the ungodly and the sinner. What do the ungodly and the sinner do? Remember we talked about wrath. The ungodly and the sinner are due wrath. The righteous receive their due on earth. Again, this talks about both metaphorically and literally the righteous, the upright, the just, those who do good, those who do the right thing. Okay? Receiving their due on earth, but they'll receive it much more in heaven. But it also talks about how the ungodly and the sinner will see their reward on earth as well we've all seen time after time again where people end up in prison they end up they end up dead they end up missing they end up all these things and you know they had some involvement in some things maybe you knew them personally maybe you knew them by reputation which isn't always correct so don't get me wrong there but sometimes some of those reputations are deserved uh, so again understand that yes there are eternal repercussions for what we do what we choose here on earth but there's also earthly repercussions for what we choose what we do here on earth so that includes our concludes our proverbs chapter 11 study i'm sorry with that so quick but there's just more materials i want to get into um and a lot of the rest of that was was pretty self-explanatory there uh especially you know once we kind of nailed down those definitions of a few things so if you have any questions, again, we have our new email address. 
unknown Christian soldiers at gmail.com. Again, that's unknown Christian soldiers at gmail.com. We're working on the website right now. It's going to take some time to get up, like I've said. Uh, but don't hesitate just to don't hesitate to send us some emails. I apologize. I am so tired. I can barely keep my eyes open tonight. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer to close this out. Father God, I pray your blessing on those who are listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you for giving us a chance to come together. I just want to pray for those people in China right now. They're struggling right now. Be with them. Be with the pastors. Be with the people. Be with those who have been arrested, Father. Just be there with those people, Father. Bring your spirit upon them. Bring change to China. Thank you for the change you brought to Brazil, Father. It's been a great example of what can be accomplished when Christians come together for you. And I pray you be there for, for us, for our nation. Heal our land right now. You know, we're undergoing some changes that are both good and bad right now, Father. But I just I pray you're, you'll pour out your spirit onto us and give us guidance. Let us know what is truth. Let us know what direction we should go and Let us know where we should be as Christians. Don't leave us wandering. Don't leave us divided. Solidify us. Bring us together. Cohesive unit together. Give us the knowledge, the strength, and the wisdom to know where our hearts should lie. Father God, I pray your blessing on us as you have poured out in Brazil. That we could see a great, great outpouring of your love here, Father God. And great leaders being elected. I just, I pray your guidance and your blessing on our leadership father god i pray that you will allow the things that have been going good to continue to go good and the things that have gone bad to be improved father god in your son's name i pray amen